Guys, I was going to say, how is everyone's Thanksgiving? But then I just saw a picture of a mullet and I kind of want a mullet. No. Paul, do you know what I mean? Why is that coming back? Paul knows what I mean. Paul, what, Paul likes a mullet, I think. I don't really, though. I feel like you would. Because I feel like it's a gay thing right now to have a mullet. Why would Paul be on your side? I think it's kind of a fuckboy thing. Yeah, which I is, think it, to, yeah. To be clear, yeah, those are not mutually exclusive. They are mutually exclusive. Straight boys have been bringing back the mullet too. A different kind of mullet, Andrew. I like a mullet that's like well kept. Okay. I don't know. Do they ever look well kept? Yeah, this one I just saw is well kept. Are you talking not not one that like starts as like a mohawk, right? Like it's like a full head, like a full head, but then has like a little faded side. Oh, I know. Okay, yeah, I don't consider that a mullet. Down, that's not a mullet then. Yeah, that's like not really a mullet. It's a fillet. What? I feel like it's honestly kind of like lesbian hair. <laughs> I don't know. I think my hair is too straight for it too. Like my, if I had more wave to it. Kink, oh, can I say kink? <laughs> N- no, because that's not the right word. What? Thank you. I do think it looks good with curly hair, which you don't have. I do. Wavy. I, don't, I have just straight hair. Yeah. Well, speaking of mullets, how was your Thanksgiving, everyone? No one at my house had... Uh, any mullets i can tell you that much shocking they have hair (laughs) (laughs) um much less of it now (laughs) um i was honestly in a land probably chock full of mullets i was in texas for thanksgiving you've been in texas a lot can i know yeah my sister lives there like (laughs) it's not that crazy have you ever heard of spending time with your family or did they abandon you unfortunately (laughs) I did Thanksgiving by myself, actually. I cooked for myself. I did stuffing. I did mashed potatoes. I did baked potatoes because, like, you have to have two kinds. And then I bought a rotisserie chicken. And your table setting was so cute. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. Yeah. Well, whose voice is that? They should introduce themselves. Who is that stranger danger? Girl, who said that? <laughs> I am in danger. You're not in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger, be. girl. Does anybody notice how red Andrew's Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the listeners yeah, don't notice, but he is. Really <laughs> this is my girlfriend, Cassie. I mean, sorry, land woman, Cassie. Hi. <laughs> land woman. I can confirm this is not AI. This is her voice. He, he's not making her up. <laughs> I, I am real. I promise. And I'm finally here. Yay. Yay. You are finally here. I know. It only took, what, Three years. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. How was your Thanksgiving together? Was it to- were you guys together or no? Yes. Well, yeah, she's his property. Or he's her property. Uh- Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Paul. Oh, damn. I thought uh, it was so slick. Paul uh, was trying to not be like. Misogynistic. But, and there it goes. But the patriarchy lives on. Deep within me. Um. Well, my grandfather just died, so my family was kind of <laughs> depressed. And fuck that patriarchy, am I right? It was a different kind of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would like to announce that I'm high for this recording, and I forgot that Andrew's grandpa died. And so hearing that was just like a hit to the chest. Well, he also said it as if he was like Raggedy Andy. He's like, well, my grandfather died. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, speaking of drugs, I also just like was recovering from a septoplasty on um Oh yeah. Thanksgiving. This is your I- first hold on everyone. This is your first recording post septoplasty. <laughs> do you sound do you sound any different? This is like his first recording Shush, ever. Andy. I knew you were gonna say that, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, listen to how well the air moves. Yeah, can you guys hear that? 
How do you feel for real? Um, you make me, f- uh, I feel pretty great. Uh, I would say like the last two weeks have been pretty rough. Like the things coming out of my nose do not resemble a color on planet earth, um, nor a texture that I'm familiar with. It is like gray matter. Um, but, uh, I would say now I can breathe through both nostrils. Um, my throat isn't clicking anymore and my throat has been clicking every day since February 1st. I'm so jealous. So like that has been nine months of like, uh, throat clicks. And, um, I feel not like a hundred percent better or anything, but like I actually notice a significant difference in how I breathe and how winded, how easily winded I get as well. Who knew, you know, oxygen can change your life. Shout out to breathing. (laughs) (laughs) This pod is sponsored by breathing. I will say my anesthesiologist, like he was going to put hot. me under. Was he hot? I was going to say, was so, he fine? What is uh, up They're with always that? hot. When I, when I got my last, um, I've had four sinus, three sinus surgeries, everyone. Um, and I have a similar, worse head issues than Paul. So I'm jealous of Paul's situation right now. But the last one I had, I remember like going, zonking out kind of. And the, the guy was like, oh, I just, the anesthesiologist, or I guess the nurse anesthesiologist, I don't know who really does it, but they were like, uh, you have such a great orifice. I was like, what? What happened to me? I'd fuck right now, but I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which are not mutually exclusive either. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Oh, no. <laughs> On that note. You know, Cassie, maybe we should have rules. <laughs> maybe we should have rules. I, I, I do like rules. Uh, yeah, we don't have any rules. Come sorry, <laughs> Speaking of things like Paul's nose that got plowed through, Maggie, how are the bills doing? <laughs> I would only talk about it if you were going to be nice and that wasn't nice and I don't really think you should talk about plow through you know like that was an easy game you guys almost <laughs> yeah, lost you went into okay, overtime. So for the <laughs> listeners for the listeners the Eagles Philadelphia Eagles played the Buffalo Bills almost probably at this point two weeks ago that you're listening to this but Maggie is from I almost said from Bills from Buffalo <laughs> um, and I am I'm from, not from Buffalo. Well, she's so not from Buffalo. Sorry, she's from Brooklyn, me. but she's, they don't, I don't know. New York is weird. They don't really have sports, but they have sports and they pick random teams <laughs> that they like. Um, it's true. They're like either New Jersey or New York or Buffalo, but I am from Philadelphia. I live, uh, I can see the stadium. So I'm a real fan and my team won. Okay. Okay. Your team almost didn't win. And your team, your team, your team didn't actually win. didn't win though. <laughs> commentary, sports commentary. <laughs> Um, we were texting this, well, this is why this is relevant. We were, our group was texting about this while the game was happening. And, um, the only straight man on the podcast probably knew the least of what was happening at the time <laughs> being Andrew. For HR purposes, the script chat does not exist. <laughs> True. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And it's on mute in my phone too. So it really does. <laughs> it's girl. I, you answer the most. I was going to say that's fake mute. as hell, girl. That's fake. I know. I know. I know. It's not, it's muted on my phone because y'all, I had 175 text messages from you all on Sunday about that fucking game. And I had no clue what was going on. I assume Andrew's grandfather died again. So I was just like overwhelmed, but it's not out of love. I still read everything. I just can't with the uh, notifications because I immediately get distracted. I don't mute any texts on my phone. I should. My whole phone is basically on do not disturb at this point. I really thought it was going to be a group chat where we talked about productive things like this podcast <laughs> and work getting done. And we do about three percent of the time. Okay, but it's still so. Well, then leave it, <laughs> <laughs> Cassie. Do you want to join our group chat? No, Cassie, you don't. <laughs> we need a we need a white woman again. No, I'm sorry, Cassie. I love you. You don't have an iPhone. You can't be in the group chat. I, <laughs> no, I. <laughs> 
Wait, I believe that they have. They are changing that. I they believe are that changing I, that. They I, should. Yeah, everything's going to be blue and white now on uh, our phones. Wow. Yeah. Now, I believe you'll still be excluded from things like reactions and some replies. If it oh, goes I have too reactions long. now. Yeah, but they come through as a, I do. They come through oh, as good. a text message. No, not anymore. Oh. Yeah, they do. Because I have an iPhone. Oh, I actually you, no. I think you're right. I think Cassie's right. No, yeah. I I look at my own phone. Are you guys an iPhone non iPhone yeah. couple? Yeah. How does that work? Wow. Imagine. Huh? We don't talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. Except except when you're paying rent. Right? Exactly. Then I. <laughs> except when she's she's collecting rent because uh, cash sir, and checks. Sir's <laughs> bills have been affected. <laughs> It's fine. They just talk on Venmo. <laughs> Zell me. Well, oh speaking God. of being the only straight white male on this podcast, <laughs> we're going to be talking about movies and how my taste in movies is necessarily superior to everyone else's. <laughs> Said like a true white man. So like I said, I have seen The Godfather many times in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that type of movie buff that has Tyler Durden and Patrick Bateman in my profile picture. I'm not that bad. But I do consider that my taste in movies is superior to most other people's. I do have a really hard time enjoying movies when there's a lot of like production problems or weird issues with the script, holes in the script, that kind of thing. Um, I, I really do have a hard time getting into those movies. But because I have such a good taste in movies, <laughs> and opposites attract, I have been in a very long-term relationship with a woman who has a horrible taste in movies. I do not. And I have <laughs> had to endure many years, actually almost 12 years of living with her, and and the movies that she puts on in the background. I have never seen a Twilight movie from start to finish, but I have seen more collective minutes of Twilight than almost anyone else on this planet just by walking by the TV on a daily basis. They're comfort movies. So here is our former host who makes himself very scarce most of the time to talk about his favorite shitty film, and then we're all going to make fun of him for it. Girl, the way I thought you were going to point to me, I was like, I'm not first. <laughs> Erica, black isn't the only diversity. Sure, bitch. There's like literally nothing diverse about me at all at this point. I'm actively trying to like get rid of my gayness. So, uh, and honestly, my movie taste may speak to that. But the director, <laughs> the director is a big old fag. So, okay. So here's, <laughs> I, I have to add the disclaimer that like, I am more of a television person. I have been actively trying to get more into movies, push myself to pay attention a little bit more. Like Andrew and I are in a group chat. We talk exclusively about horror movies with our friend Victoria. And that I would say alone has propelled me to watch like 10 times the number of movies that I've watched um, in the last five years combined. Like uh, I just don't really watch a lot of movies. So I went back and forth between which movie would be the one I would choose for this podcast to talk about because I thought about classics like National Treasure, which beautifully pairs Mm. Nicolas Cage's acting with a uniquely American love of country. 
under the guise of a treasure hunt. And I just like don't know that you can get better than that in terms of like movies we love to hate. Paul, I have never loved you more in this moment. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I also debated like selecting some of like the classic, like early 2010s tech inspired, like Tron and Transformers. Like those are so bad, but so good. Like I'm talking about the Shia LaBeouf, like uh, Megan Fox version. of Iconic. Um, But where I have settled, where I have landed, where I have colonized um, is the 2004 MTV movie award winner for best action sequence in a movie, Roland Emmerich's The Day After Tomorrow. Oh my God. Yes, I love you. Yes. I was like, Cassie, I'm going to play into Cassie's, I feel like. I just can feel the vibe. Wait, is that considered a bad movie? Yeah. Oh, to lots of people. Yeah. That's what I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking of this. That's what we're going to argue more about, I think, on this topic is, is is it a bad movie or not? Because I think we're all going to piss each other off with that. So I, I have to say that the actual story is, is, is pretty rough. It starts off with, uh, Dennis Quaid, who is a paleoclimatologist working in the northwest corner of Gle- Greenland, they are drilling for ice. And while they're drilling for ice, the entire ice shelf splits in half. So Dennis Quaid like rushes out of a trailer and he's like, what's going on? And there's like a guy there with a giant drill who's like, I swear I didn't do it. It's like just so camp in that way so from there we are like off to the races it is apocalyptic camp it is like pseudo climate science it is 24 year old jake gyllenhaal playing a Mm -hmm. high school senior who just joined like the geology version of mathletes and i just think it has everything everything so for me it is like the the premise is bad but like the action is what like keeps me in and that dystopian feeling is just cannot be beat in those types of movies Wait, I'm still stuck on people thinking, like, on one hand, I get it, but I feel like, because that came out... 2004. Okay, I was going to say, I remember being, like, young and watching it. I just remember thinking, like, this is so cinematic that... Yeah, that's why I thought that's it was because a good it was movie. 2004 and you were a child. Like okay. we, we were children. That was my reaction too. I think I saw it in theaters and I was like, "This is fucking incredible! Like, <laughs> this is how the world's going to end! Like, ah, this is so scary!" But like, I think if I were to put it on now, I'd be like, "What?" Yeah. So on Rotten Tomatoes, which I could do a whole Fake. episode on how much Fake. I hate Rotten Tomatoes, but it seems mm. to be like I feel like we've done that. The baseline of like how everybody measures movies. It has a 45% from official reviewers and a 50% audience score. So if the Damn. audience score is that low, yes, it's it's a movie that most people consider to be bad. But didn't it really kick off that era of environmental disaster movies? Yeah. There was mm-hmm. a period of time where every year there was like one or two more. Oh, yeah. 2000, remember 2012? Yeah. 2012, 2012. San Andreas. Sanders. Then we got Greta Thunberg. Okay. <laughs> the gag, the gag of Greta. Thunberg was like born in 2012, but the gag is that 2012 <laughs> same director as Day After Tomorrow. Stop! No, it's fucking not. Same it totally is. He's made a whole is. career same, out of this. Yes, Independence Day. Independence Day. Uh, same director. 10,000 BC. Moonfall. White House Down. The Patriot. Kind of shocking. Wait, um, White House Down is incredible. I, that should be mine. Damn, I'm pissed. <laughs> <Janet> Tatum. <laughs> So this guy has literally made a career and I don't, I, that's the thing I like as a TV person, I do not understand like directors and all that stuff. Like I'm just here for the entertainment, he found his niche. but this is his niche. He's also gay. He's dating a younger man. Like he fought uh, back against like 
Hollywood execs when they did not want Will Smith to play uh, like the lead in Independence Day. Um, but he also, Kirk, you might know this. He directed the 2015 movie Stonewall that like made it seem oh. like the white gays were the ones that led like yeah. the gay uprisings. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the trailer kids. ended with like a white twink throwing a brick through Stonewall. <laughs> it was like totally historically inaccurate. That so, was like, not he's, me. Oh, we love a Hollywood liberal. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, so um, I don't know. I just it did. It kicked off that like string of movies like Contagion, all of those things that were like <gasps> so apocalyptic. Good. Yes. And I just think like you have to appreciate this movie and the others like it, even though they are objectively kind of bad and stupid plots, because there's just the drama is like is is overwhelming. You're watching cities collapse. Like I'll never forget the cover of this movie is the Statue of Liberty, like drowning yes, in the ocean yes. with the water. Iconic. And I would like to say they're also fake. They never happened. Like we're still here. Yeah. Climate change isn't real. <laughs> yeah. That's Thanks, the Kirk. Thanks, Kirk, for that. Just letting, you know. Just letting everyone know. I have never seen it, but I'm going to go watch it. It's reminding me of the movie on Netflix, that Don't Look Up movie that I thought was actually so bad but like this looks seems like a better version was don't look up like the parody of a disaster movie is that what that was. was okay everybody thought it was a parody but like it wasn't no wait what that was for for serious I yeah think don't look up was a real movie was not a parody it was not a parody. Oh. really and, um, disaster movie was a parody of. Disaster. oh maybe that's what i'm thinking of maybe i'm confusing it yeah that's what i i didn't see it because you know i it was don't bad don't see it sounds about right <laughs> But this seems better. Why has the production value gone down over the years? Andrew can answer that. This yeah. is my contention with, well, I mean, that'll get in a whole other discussion about streamers and whatever else. You just activated the white guy <laughs> gene in Andrew in the craziest way I've ever the seen. The godfather. He put his hand forward. So, <laughs> no, but the, this movie that, that Paul is talking about, this is part of that early 2000s era where, like, it, everything was the same color in the frame. And it's, yes. like, all, like, this dark gray, green. Blue. blue. Yeah. <laughs> very blue. Like, the intense color grading is just, ugh. Cassie, can you check Andrew's pulse? Is yes. <laughs> I can hear it. God, through the microphone. All right, all right. So that's a good transition point to our next movie, which I already know what it's going to be. When I presented this idea to Cassie for this episode, I knew that she was not going to refuse, and I also knew immediately what movie she was going to pick. So... <laughs> He didn't even finish the sentence, actually. He was like, we're going to do an episode on really bad movies. And I was like, you know what movie I'm going to pick, right? What is it? I wonder what is it? I had to show you (gasps) because. Yes, that's right. And it's a VHS because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that. Iconic. Anyway, so I just held up Twister because it was. On VHS. On VHS because I'm that old. You think Andrew's old? Yeah, no. (laughs) This, Nobody's old. This, they're just not young. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Cassie, why do you like Twister? This is from 1996. I was 10 years old. I literally watch this probably once a month. What? <laughs> Easily. Easily. It's on TV, it's on all, TV the all the time. time. So yeah, it Andrew is. really living is really living get out. <laughs> this is my hell. <laughs> So what, why is it on so often? Is it like, I also love this movie, it's, but I... Yeah. Okay, so the things I love about it, it's a phenomenal cast. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman before he was him, like, hello. And he played Dusty, mm-hmm. and Dusty was awesome. The music can't be beat. Hello. Listen to the score. It's amazing. 
<laughs> is Dusty? Dusty's the guy in the van. The storm chaser? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yes. What if, there's no better name for a character. Yeah. I know. It's iconic. <laughs> yeah. He's the he's like the last guy in the train of like caravan people. Um mm-hmm. I had this way more thought out in my head. Um anyway, I watched it again last night because I knew this was happening. <laughs> Wait, Cassie, you're going to love this. So I think it was 2008. No, no, it was 2005. Me and my family went to Las Vegas and we stayed at the Planet Hollywood Hotel. Uh huh. And at the Planet Hollywood Hotel, every room is themed for a different movie. And we had a twister room and they literally have like pieces yeah. from the set and like a oh. little like shadow box of a table. So in, I love that movie. In Universal, they had it's now the Jimmy Fallon ride, which is stupid. Um, yeah, what? but it used to be Twister. What? Yeah, they no it one used it used to be I'm Twister, sorry. and now so, it's like the we, Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show experience. No, or something. nobody wants yeah. to go on the Jimmy yeah. Fallon yeah. ride. <laughs> I swear, the last time I was in Disney with my uh, one friend, uh, we went to Universal for a day, and I was so sad because Twister was gone, and it was Jimmy Fallon on the giant thing. Mm. That's a wild substitute. Yeah, Andrew hates Twister because he says it's terrible quality, but it just can't be beat. It really can't. My sister listens and she's just going to like roll her eyes at this because I'm totally like spilling her business. Twister, like I think permanently altered my sister's brain chemistry when she first saw it to the point where like she lives in Texas now. She wants to have her backyard completely dug up and have a like tornado bunker placed in the ground and then they'll just cover it up. Like that is how terrified she is of tornadoes. And it's because of this movie. So there was there was a string in the early to mid 90s of like Twister themed movies. There's also a Devin Sowell movie that no one has ever seen called Night of the Twisters. Also amazing. You can only really find out on YouTube though, and it's terrible, like filmed from the TV quality. Also another favorite of mine. Um, but you also watched that last night. I did not watch that last night, but I have watched it within the last year. <laughs> I love it. But the thing I love most about the movie is there's tons of little Easter eggs in it from like other things. So one point in the movie where the Twister's heading towards the main character's aunt's house, and she's sitting there watching a Judy Garland film, just a nod to The Wizard of Oz. Right? Oh. Isn't someone's oh, name in it Dorothy? Or did I make that up? Isn't there a Dorothy something in it? There's something about Dorothy. Oh, in it, I feel. yeah. Dot is the um, the machine they yes. build. Yes. That's it's called what it the was. Dot. Oh. Uh, it like releases all these sensors. It's a little premise of the movie. They're trying to collect data on the um, twisters. Um, but then there's a scene too where the twister comes towards a drive in theater and the movie that's playing is. Um, oh, shoot. My brain just failed. I was going to say, well, you're racking your brain. I remember the first time that I saw Twister as well. It was like my parents dropped me off at my like at like a family friend's house. And that was the movie that he chose to put on, like probably a 40 year old dad. And I was like, just like there with like him and his wife while my parents went to church or some shit like that. Um, and I remember like after the movie, I was I was terrified. I was terrified because I was five. I would I think five, six. And I remember him like pointing to the sky out of his like back porch after the movie was over and like tricking me that there was a twister coming. And I think I oh became gosh. convinced forever Evil. that like it was going to, does it, does it rain frogs in that movie? No. 
No, I convinced myself that like that like <laughs> okay. tornadoes tornadoes used to like su- that must have been a book that I read then like around the same time like or, or I guess I was five I was not reading but like um it like picked up like it like sucked up a pond and then like dispersed frogs everywhere. Oh, there was I mean, there happens, was a I water tornado tornado in what part of it and then a cow was flying around. I remember the cow. Yeah. I the, cow the cow is iconic. The cow is iconic. Yeah. The cow. I've never seen this movie, but I've seen the cow. The cow might be on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go, Julia. We got cows. It got an Oscar nomination. Yes, yeah, it was like a, a very. Movie. It was a very critically acclaimed movie for the time. The Rotten Tomato review is not that great, though. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack is so interesting. It's so Shania good. Twain, Stevie Nicks, Lisa Loeb. What? I saw Lisa Loeb live. Tori Amos. Like if if there was a if there was a Spotify playlist of the Twister soundtrack, I would listen to it all the time. There totally is. Someone's definitely made that. I have to find it then. Yeah. Um. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, it's so good. In 1996, that's pretty. Katie Lang, that's gay. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Gay. (laughs) Twister soundtrack on Spotify. Is it? We need to Twister the musical. That's what we need on Broadway. I love that idea. We're done with Wicked. It's time for the Twister. There's a sequel coming out next year. Okay, no one asked for that. When I asked for that, I want that. Yes, yeah. it's coming out in 2024. And what was your take? And what was your um, role in it? Because you had something to do with that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Produced me, by me my sister, and my cousin all went to them and were like, you need to make this now because <laughs> it's not just me. It's my whole family. <laughs> I mean, Erica's sister is going to be triggered. Google Doll, Goo Dolls, Eric Clapton, Deep Purple. What an incredible soundtrack. This is why I have it on in the background all the time, because I'm just sitting there doing my macrame thing and just <laughs> listening to awesome music. That's so funny. I love that for you. I know. Yeah, it was nominated for two Academy Awards for Best Sound and Best Visual Effects. Oh my God, could you imagine? Honestly, the the effects do kind of hold up. Andrew won't agree. No. It also got... <laughs> no. It also got nominated for the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, whatever those are. So. <laughs> So the the thing I love most, though, is the really bad parts of it. Like, I know it's not a great movie. I do know that. There's one point where they're driving in a house like falls on the road and they drive into the house. But the house is on its side. And then somehow they're driving up the stairs normally, which doesn't make any sense. And then they come. They're upstairs. But then they come out the downstairs on the other side. I'm like, what? How does that even happen? And then like a tractor smashes the windshield of the truck. And then all of a sudden the truck is fine. <laughs> like it doesn't I kind of make any that. sense. Perfect. Yeah. Like the windshield's like yeah. wrecked. And then the next scene it's fine. Yeah. I love finding all of that stuff. It just brings me such joy. I need to get really high and watch Twister. Yes. I'll go with <laughs> I'll do it with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, y'all need to watch Twister because it's amazing. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Well, we have now two movies that we all kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say Twister was the segue for the making of Paul's movie. Like it was the catalyst Surely. to that whole. Oh, totally. Like, well, that's so funny because I think the one the one that I'm about to bring, I think, is Paul's movie made the segue for this. Really? Oh. The critically acclaimed 2019, I want to say. Yes, 2019 musical movie that nobody asked for. Way too many people signed up to do. I know what you're going to say. And I've watched many a time. Cats. (laughs) I love cats. I've never seen that in my life because it's so fucking scary and I'm black. (laughs) The actors in that movie literally regret making it. Maggie, I'm going to run down the actors in that movie. They literally regret making it. Everybody regrets making it. 
Dame Judy Dench, Selva, offensive. Jennifer Hudson, offensive. Uh, Laurie Davidson, Francesca Hayward, um, James Corden. Rebel, <laughs> well, this is where it gets bad. James, James Corden, Corden is the Rebel only Wilson. one that should have been in that movie. And Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Uh, they somehow got Taylor Swift to do this, which is insane. Um, and my favorite, the what gets me, what gets me back every time, why I press play on this movie every single time is for Jason Derulo, because <laughs> I have never. <laughs> Been more attracted to Jason Derulo than I have when he is Rum Tug Tug Rum Tug Tugger. What's his name? Rum Tug Tugger. He sings a song called "The Rum Tug Tugger," and I would let him Rum Tug Tug or me because he him as a cat is something else. Wait, I am. Oh my god! So, oh my poor Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't know why he allowed this. Why he did it? It is so traumatizing. Taylor Swift as a cat makes so much sense, but uh, also no sense at the same time. She does have the face for it. Jennifer Hudson singing "Memory" as a cat—it's so—it's—it's. I need to be high when you watch it. Not understand why at no point in the production of this movie, because there were a lot of steps you got to take before you actually get to filming a movie, that anybody said, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't make these cats weirdly human in the uncanny valley of feline human hybrids." Yes. No, that's why I keep Rebel. watching it because it's hot. Like Rebel, it's hot. Re- I'm sorry. Rebel Wilson has titties. <laughs> <laughs> why? She literally has like. Oh, okay, so I have never been traumatized by this before, and so I looked <laughs> this up for the first time. Oh my god, who? What was? The target audience for this one. No, it one. was it I was really probably my generation because we grew up with this one, which this is the original. Yeah, oh. yeah. Cats itself is first off, I think, a choice to be honest. But it did it did bring us that great song, um, "Memory," which I sang in high school. That everyone's choir. dad knows how to play on the piano. I feel, but um, that is terrible. That's Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson, please, please, Erica, I need you to look at Jennifer Hudson. That's racist. I don't care what anyone says. She looks like a minstrel character with hair. That is a black woman in blackface. Yes, you can't, yes. You can't tell me different. Like that is. <laughs> anyway, I have two movies. I didn't want to take too much time on this one. The next one is my actually my favorite movie of all time, and you guys can fight me on it. I don't think it's objectively bad, but I think it is objectively bad. Um, is the Brady Bunch movies? They are perfect. And if none of you guys have seen them, I know Paul has seen them. I haven't. When people are referencing Sure Jan, it isn't the Brady Bunch. It is the Brady Bunch movie. And no one understands that. That every pop culture reference that our generation makes around the Brady Bunch is literally the movie that most of y'all haven't even fucking seen. But it gets shit on all the time when I do bring it up. I think the writers of um, a bunch of different sitcoms now, like 70 Show and whatnot, they wrote this early in their career. And it was in the 90s. And the idea was the Brady's thought they were still living in the 70s, but it's actually the 90s. So every time they would leave their house, they were like, like stuck out like a sore thumb because it was all grunge nineties in high school. And they're all dressed like it's the fucking seventies. And they take all of the best aspects and moments from the TV show and put it into this camp ass movie. Uh, that is literally perfect. Cinematic masterpiece. Jennifer Elise Cox, by the way, who plays Jan in the movie is doing 50% off cameo right now. And I am actively thinking of purchasing it just for myself. Shut the fuck um, up. <laughs> I, I, I am so obsessed with these movies. Like, I could watch them all day, any day. And I tried in college to like put them on in front of other people and just be like, no, you guys think this is funny. And I was absolutely 
roasted, completely roasted. But I know I saw Cassie nodding because Cassie understands, like, one, the value of the Brady Bunch, but two, the value of the spoof and parody. It was freaking phenomenal. Phenomenal. I like the the gym that I work out. We literally do the dance all the time that they're doing on the escalators, like all the time. I think I'll go for a walk outside now. Yep. In the first movie, they have to like their house is up is up for like foreclosure, I guess, for twenty five thousand dollars, and they have to they have to raise twenty five thousand dollars. So they do all this crazy shit. They enter into like a talent show, and then the second one, their mom, Gary they, Cole they learn, plays Mister. Yeah, G- Gary Cole plays Mister Brady, and Gene Smart plays the slutty like alcoholic neighbor. And like, this is just so perfect. Sorry. I can't believe this is your movie. It is amazing. Yeah. And the second one, the the girl's real dad comes back and they have to like, they like fall in love with their dad. It's so weird. Greg and Marsha fall in love in the movie because they realize they're not actually blood siblings. So they like have a makeout scene. Yes, Greg. It's such a, it's iconic. And then Alice, Alice takes mushrooms and sleeps in the fridge. <laughs> Refrigerator. <laughs> But Maggie and Erica and Andrew, all of the, like the sure Jan, the you guys know George Glass, like George Glass doesn't go to high school. That's the Brady Bunch <laughs> no, movie. Like I that is where that comes from. If you don't know this. that, Erica, you guys, black, you probably. both, you all three of you are upsetting me. <laughs> yeah, there's a third one that is a, a Christmas movie that is yeah. trash, and then there was a fourth oh. one I found last week, and there's I watched on YouTube one? very high on Monday with my Wait. friend. It is the Bradys go to Washington, and Mr. Brady becomes president, and and <laughs> Mrs. Brady becomes becomes vice president and they have to convince like the like house to let her be president or something she does like a song and dance number to convince them it is insane and they're like wildly republican is the whole joke like they're crazy conservative and very racist what? like marcia comes in she's like dad there's a black person in the white house it's like so <laughs> bad it, it starts to get really bad but it's like so this bad that it's 2002 good. the brady's in the white house none of the cast none of the cast comes back except the parents like all the kids are recast oh, okay. so oh. now it's like it's like a parody of the movies because you're like, these are the wrong kids. So it's a parody of the parody. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, I highly recommend this holiday season gathering around your local YouTube. I think it's the only place you can find it and watch all three. Here's <laughs> local YouTube. Do you like them because they're bad or do you think they're not bad? They're, no, I like them because it's campy. Oh. I like it's campy. They bring joy. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, I genuinely laugh at them. Like, it's not like a like a pity laugh. Like, it, like when Eric does jokes, it's it funny. is like a literal <gasps> laugh. Kirk, I don't know why I picked you. I know why. In some ways, it has similar humor to um, Airplane. Almost like there's a lot of <laughs> wordplay and there's a lot of like puns where like people are objectively getting made fun of, but because the Bradyers are so out of touch, like they don't understand that they're getting made fun yeah. of. Like J- Jan. It doesn't have a boyfriend and tries to convince her sister that she has a boyfriend and she makes him up and then she goes on a date with a stuffed dummy and like in public and it's like this is George Glass and she's trying she's like trying to convince people genuinely that he's a person. Additionally, RuPaul plays the school yes. therapist in the 90s and her Stop. name is Mrs. Cummings. <laughs> And her children are Moesha, Jenquisha, and like Cindy Leisha. They're like so crazy, crazy problematic. I, I kind of love that. Every single week, she, she goes like, they like have this whole conversation. Like Jan is like talking about all of her problems and like middle child syndrome or like whatever and how she has voices and like whatever. And then um, Jan is walking out of the therapist's office and RuPaul looks back at her. She goes, Jan, come back when you're pregnant. I can't even put into words how every single person 
like needs to put needs this on their watch list. There's a scene where Jan and Marsha, who are sisters, are like modeling for a model agency or something, and they're like doing a test photo shoot, and the other legit model is asking them like, "Where'd you? Where'd you guys like? Um, oh no, what? Can, what? Who have you modeled for before?" They ask the other model that, and the model goes, "Guess." They guess the brand, and they're all like, mm, "Ashkosh Bagash." <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen so this good. in you need, so you long. To, I need to watch it again. I think we need to watch it together and like a live reaction recording as we watch. <laughs> yeah. But again, I would say most people think that those movies are bad, but they are not. What is yours, Erica? I'm actually going to start mine out with a reading from this movie. And it is oh, one of the most iconic scenes, in my opinion, in cinematic history. <clears throat> you listen to me. You know exactly who this is. You came into my house. You touched my child. You think you're crazy? I'll show you crazy. Just try me, bitch. It is the iconic 2005 thriller Obsessed starring Idris Elba for some fucking reason. Ali Larder for another fucking reason. And the... Star of the movie, Beyonce Giselle Carter Knowles, someone who has a lot of talent and none of it is acting. It's so bad. Oh my god, that is that's up. This is the I think the perfect answer. It is everything because you cannot say that Ali Larder and Denzel Washington don't play their roles well, but Beyonce does it. And in every scene, you're sitting there and it's like, this is Beyonce acting. This is not a character. This is Beyonce. I, I will say it was bad, but I think it's a disservice when you're that famous and you try to, and then you're an actor, like you can't take the person out of, like when you're that iconic of a living person, you like, and you are an actor and then you're acting, even if you perform well, it's hard to remove Beyonce yeah. from looking at Beyonce, but it's still not it. First of all, I think... For the uninitiated, basically, it is like the classic crazy white female storyline. So Beyonce in the movie is married to Idris Elba's character and they have a child and Idris Elba is like this high powered business person, irrelevant. But Ali Larder's character comes in as like a temp at his office and he's like generally nice to her and she like takes it the wrong way. And is like he wants me back or he wants me to and she like pursues him Beyonce catches him it's like a whole thing they come back but at the climax of this movie so basically like the the big turning point is Ellie Larder's character breaks into their home and she takes this two-year-old like their two-year-old child and she doesn't like hurt the kid or whatever but like that's what leads up to Beyonce doing her best work in my opinion and the fight scene in this movie i encourage everyone to watch it because the choreography is bad the stunt doubles are noticeable and like beyonce's her facial expressions are so like campy but also it's not a campy movie like so i know the reference of this movie but i've never actually seen it like I don't even know who Ali Larder is, and I realize it's because I've never, I've never <gasps> really, se- I've never really seen Final Destination or the Resident Evil oh. movies, and it would appear that that's what she's like known for. Yeah, that is what she is known for. Also, weird, never seen Legally Blonde, and she's in that too. I'm sorry, what? what? I huh? know, I I know. 
I know. What? what? That's weird. I know. <laughs> Paul, I like don't watch movies except for these types that are usually free. And I've seen Legally Blonde. I have also seen Legally Blonde. <laughs> I I started my thing with a caveat that I'm not a movie person. It doesn't I matter. Realize, I realize it doesn't okay. hold up here. It really doesn't. Like, we're you've had saying, a lot of we're opinions. We're not asking if you saw, like, Tiger Cruise. We're asking if you saw Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is Tiger Cruise? <laughs> shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't talk about it. Oh, my God. I- <laughs> what the fuck is Tiger Cruise? Well, maybe this is a perfect segue. Yes. <laughs> Maggie. Tiger Cruise is not actually my movie, but it does get an honorable mention. Tiger Cruise is the original DCOM published in 2004 as a 9-11 glorification movie. <laughs> we did talk about this on one episode. And yes, We spent like half an episode about this. No, this is the third time that this has come up in this podcast, actually. Yeah, somebody said, hey, we have to let these children know that 9-11 was bad, but we are the good guys. I'm obsessed and, with um, it. The, the green screen is so new to Disney and bad that um, her ears are cut off in almost every scene. Hayden Panettiere. And by her, Paul, it's it's Hayden Panettiere. Got that. And you know what's fucking crazy? This is the thread connecting all of these movies. Bill Pullman, the dad, is the same guy who was the president in Independence Day. Who was (laughs) like... (laughs) Okay, but that's not my movie. For real. Okay. Okay, but it's everyone's movie. It is everyone's movie. movie. If you have not seen Tiger Cruise, I'm sorry. You've not spent the best hour and half of your life. I've seen almost every Disney Channel movie. I have never seen that one. Oh my god, it's, Same. Oh, and it's can, so good. You have and I've to. never even like heard of you it. No, neither have I. You probably haven't seen that one because we were all collectively mourning 9-11 and other people were watching Tiger Cruise. Okay? <laughs> well, it came uh, out in 2004. Apparently, yeah, apparently I was, I was graduating high school when it came out, so that's probably why. I'm still mourning 9-11 oh, wait, it literally, Americans. It literally says, in the wake of the World Trade Center attacks in no, no, it is a, yes. no, Paul, I'm not kidding you. It is a literal Disney Channel original <laughs> movie that glorifies 9-11. It is a glorification of 9-11. Is, wait, so he, he's playing George Bush, essentially? No, no, no. no. It is, it is literally no. Disney-produced propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole idea is it's, it's a military propaganda. Like, her dad is in the military. He's the <laughs> naval captain of the ship. She's, like, lived on all these bases. She's an army brat, but she doesn't like to be called brat. But by the end of the movie, she obviously likes to be called brat because she, like, gets it now. And then, sorry, mm. I ruined it. But, um... Basically, in the movie, they're on this tiger cruise, which is the whole idea where your family joins you, like, and gets to see what you do on a naval, like, warship or whatever. And then midway through the <laughs> cruise, 9-11 happens. And then, like, she has to rally the children to, like, support her dad because 9-11 happens. And then, meanwhile, her dad's trying to decide if he should re-enlist. And then one family's, like, uncle dies. No, like literally, it's a it's a nine eleven like propaganda glorification movie. This is like this is like Xenon, but like it yes. real life yeah. plus like terrorism. Correct, that is correct. And plus mm-hmm. the fact that this movie came out in two thousand four, so you know that on September twelfth, somebody woke up yep. and said, "I have to write a script. We about have this. to make a movie yeah. about this, and we have to make and we, and like it's it's young Hayden Panettiere. It's it's her ears are cut off." The um, water on the ocean is most of the time vertical, not horizontal, because (laughs) I can't figure that out. It's perfect. Everything about this movie is great. When I tell you that movie, I wanted to enlist. Was I in fourth grade? Yes. Was I still ready to die for this country? Absolutely. That movie brought, honestly, 
I think if we could get all of Gen Z to watch Tiger Cruise, we could restart patriotism. I obviously don't want that, so I don't recommend. And then we get a Tiger Cruise too, I think. Maybe off the shores of Ukraine. Are there shores there? Oh, no one no. cares about Ukraine anymore. It's famously landlocked. Because <laughs> yeah, that's where Hayden Panettiere's ex-husband is from. It's going to be in the Mediterranean. <laughs> okay, no, 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 but that's not my movie. My okay. yeah, Sorry, we just hijacked. We got we, No pun intended. We just hijacked I, your I don't even know how <laughs> oh this movie's going to top what we just talked about. My Please. The second, the, so that, was, that came in third to my movie list. The second runner-up okay. was the Nancy Drew remake with Emma Roberts because that one is oh, oh good. When she does the little tracheotomy, iconic, iconic, iconic. I also literally made my mom buy her lunchbox for Hanukkah for me. Period. Made it. I always forget you're Jewish. You love. Oh. <laughs> like I don't know. It's just like you said Hanukkah, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Kirk never forgets. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> hey, what is your number one? So my number one is the most important, the ultra original, LOL from 2012, starring <gasps> Demi Moore, Miley Cyrus, Ashley Green, and Douglas Booth, who never filmed another movie, but he was my crush from 2012 until 2023, honestly. Her name was Lola, so she went by LOL. Yes. I come on. Oh it was so God. good. It was set in Chicago and then in Paris, and they actually filmed in Paris. It was during the best Miley era to exist in my lifetime, honestly. And the soundtrack is banger, and they never ended up producing the song that he sings as the, the, the lead guys in a band, and they never produced that song to be his. And honestly, I listen to it on YouTube all the time. I've never heard of this. Neither have I. I'm looking yes. it up right now. It is an incredible film. Wait. Oh, you know, it's so sad for me. I'm totally. Why is the only thing I remember that her name was actually Lola? Because I have it confused with the other Miley Cyrus movie where she's like a cop. Oh, yeah. No, that one is good, too. Where she goes undercover at the school. What was it? Was it so undercover? Yeah. Paul, the reason you may never have heard of it is because it was originally originally said to have a wide domestic release, but instead it was rushed into a limited release with no significant marketing from the team. That had to be it, right? And we were in college, so it just kind of gets lost. The film was released solely because of a technicality in the contract, which contributed to its underperformance at the box office. What technicality? So it really wasn't even. It wasn't even supposed to come out. Forty-six thousand dollars. (laughs) What? Yes. How is it even possible? So sometimes when a movie is, they know it's going to be so bad, but they've gotten to a certain point, they release it anyway, as limited as possible, so that it intentionally makes the least amount of money. And then they can basically claim an insurance claim on the invested money that was put into the movie because they got to the end of production and they're like, this movie's so bad that if we give it like, a big release, it's going to underperform so hard that we'll lose everything. And I just, I want to point out that Maggie's the new winner. So Erica, your movie had a 19%. LOL has 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I can't wait for the sequel LMAO. I I will say it is kind of sad that like one movie fully had like two amazing actors and like a mega celebrity and the other one had like Miley Cyrus and Bruce Willis's ex. And 
one only outperformed the other by five percent. Okay, but you want to know what the most important thing about all of this is? Miley's a mega celebrity the now. The most important thing about all of this is that Not Tiger that, Cruz is sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And you know what? No. They earned every fucking no. percentage, bitch. Because it's all nine eleven people. I don't know what that means, but you know what I mean. People that love nine eleven. It's those nine eleven people. I think that goes back to your earlier comment about Jews. <laughs> I have a feeling they might have done it. Now you whispering. I read that Osama Bin Laden letter. Oh my Ugh. God. Honestly, he had points. He had bars. Especially about the homosexuals. Yeah, I don't want to go on a political rant about that, but the fact that people are like, look at all these great ideas from, I cannot, I cannot. The internet needs to be absolutely destroyed and rethought entirely. Not before you entirely. guys see LOL, Nancy Drew, the Emma Roberts version, and Tiger Cruise. Totally. LOL. I will say that I wish I had thought more into this topic because there are so many good 9-11, post 9-11 movies that are about like 9-11 that I've saw yeah. in theaters. I don't know why that like are so bad. Dear John. Oh, great film. But here's the thing. That's like, about 9-11? Indirectly. 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 Yeah. Here's my thing. Like, I don't want to watch movies about COVID. Like, I've lived through that. That's coming. It's coming. Did you guys watch the cruise one though? Like the actual like documentary of like no. the people that stuck on What's the cruise ship. On? Like I don't remember, but uh, maybe is it Max. Good? Um, it was thrilling and scary to be put back right in like March 2020. Like, but that was more of like a documentary. Did scare you about being on a cruise? No, it's the people who were like trapped and how they got them home. Like, yeah, and, oh. yeah. I'm down for the COVID films because they're just going to be exactly like the day after tomorrow. I was doing research on that. Like there are oftentimes a lot of dystopian movies released after periods of like, like heartache and then prosperity. So like when people are feeling better, that's when we tend to release more horrific movies, which I think is just like really fascinating. Um, Which is why I think we got a lot of like, dystopian movies like after 2008 the financial crisis it's like why um there was like a ton of stuff like after uh, world war ii and then there was a ton of stuff after vietnam these like big cultural events like tend to release more movies like that it's like you know the three like videos that i researched beforehand told me that so i'm just repeating it here <laughs> well i can't wait for this for the submarine movie oh, oh that's yeah. gonna be called titan. so good <laughs> clash of the titans <laughs> clash of the titans I'm going to judge you all for all of your horrible, horrible picks and movies um, because they're all terrible. But I will admit, I did think through some of these movies that I like myself, and I don't think we're going to go into any discussion because I'm not going to be able to handle that criticism as a white straight man. No. I, I will say that I, I thought through a couple. I thought through Black Hawk Down, which I watch probably once a year. No, great movie. Um, I think it's a well-put-together movie, but it's jingoistic, completely whitewashed version of American interventionalism in the third world is insane. Um, I also thought about, believe it or not, um, National Treasure, which is another one that is, is terrible, but Great I movie. do enjoy so, watching every single time. Even the second one is good. Even like, the second like one is all, good. I know. That is what has made me so fascinated with conspiracy theories is because when mm. I was a kid and I saw that, I was like, holy shit, there's like the Illuminati but I think the one I have to go with, if I had to pick one that I watch every time, and it's so specific, is Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Not any yes! 
not any of the other movies in the series. It's Tokyo Drift specifically, and it is so terrible, but it has all the hallmarks of that early 2000s movie where it's like the way too cool outcast loner guy at his school they all inexplicably have insanely expensive cars that they race he smokes them all he goes to tokyo he learns that the japanese are way better at street racing than he is because he can drift because he's all american muscle it is so terrible but it's good every single time that's the only one of those movies i've ever seen yes and i saw it in theaters it is the only one that like isn't canonized technically. I think one of the characters comes back in like Fast and the Furious 10 or something. But it is also the best by a fucking landslide solely for that one song that came out of it. And you know what the fuck I'm talking about. The, the, the only song I know from that franchise is the one Charlie Puth wrote about the one that died. Oh, the one that died? <laughs> uh, Paul Paul Walker? Isn't is that Paul what Walker we're talking in that movie? about? What the fuck? That's literally all I know about those movies is that The Rock is in them and, or not The Rock, Vin Diesel's in them. Vin Diesel, who, by the way, everyone is gay. He is That gay. is what's so crazy about Tokyo Drift is it lives completely outside of the universe of all the rest of the films. It was just this weird oh. one-off they made and it doesn't have any of the main characters in it. At all. No, no. Paul, I almost said Paul Warren. <laughs> well, he died too. She, she did. <laughs> she gone. Well, in true Day After Tomorrow impending doom movies, my computer just had a pop-up that says it's going to restart in a minute and a half. So you got a minute and 30 seconds left. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I hope it I hope it I hope it self-destructs. What a great way to end this episode. And I do have to say that it's very fitting that at the end of all of this, the straight white man and the queer black woman have agreed on the best objectively horrible, shitty, good movie. And that's Tokyo Drift. And because we don't have any time to refute that point, it lives. <laughs> I've got 47, 46, 45. No, no, we don't want you to count down. We don't want that. <laughs> no, no. I'm surprised he can count. Not with that lisp. We can sign off here. I'm Andrew. I'm Cassie. I'm, I'm Erica. <laughs> Y'all are dumb. I'm Kurt. I'm Maggie. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.